Hello, how you doing? How you feeling? Uh, What's happening? Back with Jamil and Jared, and this is Neon Hotline Brisbane. Yeah, and uh, we're doing a bit of a different desktop chat. It's with uh, a guest, a guest that oh, uh, you should all know about today, and his name is Samuel Rees. Hello, nice to see you all <laughs> virtually. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So we wanted to have a bit of a chat with you today because you've got some awesome projects coming up for Youth Week. But first, yep. we just wanted to get to a bit of a get to know you, Sam. So as you've told us before, you have quite a, a background uh, in the creative scene. And um, could you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So uh, I started out in musical theatre back in high school um, and kind of just continued that trend outside of it. Um, did a few little independent, but I, I do music also, um, and then also film. Um, I would say that the best description for that is filmmaker. I write, direct and produce, um, films. So that's my jazz. Wow. And, um, with that, how, how's that been going? How, how have you found that space of writing and directing films? It's good. I like it. I'd like it a lot. And I would say that I'm still growing as a director, um, still figuring out, just the little nooks and crannies, you know, um, I, I started directing in 2019, 20, yeah, 2019. Um, and I did my first short film Dingo and it was absolutely horrible. It was the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. Um, I watch it today as a joke and, and all my friends kind of joke about it too. Uh, especially Frank. Um, so no one ever gets to see that film. It's kind of just sitting on my hard drive. We, the funniest thing is it was the worst film, but I did a, a cinema premiere for it. I'm like paid hide out of cinema and it was the fucking worst experience and everyone was clapping like it's so good and I'm sitting there like laughing at this was supposed to be serious film as the director I'm like well, so what didn't you like so about horrid. the film that made you oh it was so poorly written it was the worst I wish that I had a copy of it so I could show you but it's so horrid um the scary part is there's somebody that has my second hard drive uh it's on that hard drive um so they could if they really wanted to put that out but um we, we're, yeah. we're crossing fingers we we hoping for a, a version of that that's what we want to see that's what you <laughs> i mean i, I feel hope like it could become the cult classic disaster yeah. artist. oh it's definitely worse than the real one. <laughs> <laughs> there's just there's just so many things that are wrong with it i mean like some of it just doesn't even make sense the dialogue i think my favorite piece of dialogue was there's this party scene um, and this young man and this young girl are sitting next to each other and like he tries to make a move and this is like 19 year old me trying to write this not really experienced anything yet I think I had my first girlfriend like two years before this so I didn't know how anything was experienced um so, yeah so experienced um I was still like like yet to go to any parties yet to do anything of that uh nature and I, I tried to write this scene and it's funny because this guy tries to make a move on this girl and the line that he uses when she rejects him is, so what, do you like girls or something? And I was like, God, what the, why am I, what, why did I do this? And so there's just so many reasons why I would never release it. One, because I think that like, I was just so uneducated in film. It looks good. Like it's, it's a good looking film. We didn't shoot it. We had a cinematographer, uh, Glenn Ganley shoot it. Um, but I think as a director and a writer, and it was a joint effort between me and this other girl who I, I won't say her name because I haven't really talked to her in a while. Um, but we we co-directed and co-wrote it and co-starred in it. And it was horrid. And I think that's the last time I'll ever star in one of my films either. Like, I'm just not, not going to do that. That's the worst. 
Um, but don't you think that like you have to start somewhere, right? And at oh, yeah. least anything better is at least on the way up, right? So I think so too. I think that it is important to make mistakes, and I think that yeah. like Frank and I have talked about this in length about like you know you've got to make mistakes to to get better. Yeah. I mean, even Spielberg made horrid mistakes <laughs> and continues to do. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I think as a filmmaker, as any artist, any form of artistry, yeah. you're going to fuck up and you're just going to have to own it and learn from it. Um, and so I think that's that's where it has got to be at. But yeah, to answer that question, um, yeah, I'm a musician, filmmaker, and apparently now youth work facilitator. <laughs> so youth workshop facilitator. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my jazz. And I suppose following on from that, how did you get into that youth work role? And um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you got coming up and what's sure. happening in the background? Sure. So I'm a, an enterprise. Uh, I'm in the enterprise program at Brisbane City Council. So there's this is wonderful place called Visible Link Valley. Um, it's a youth hub in Fortitude Valley, and it, I think that a lot of people from like Backdock and a lot of people from Vent Space and all those little artist hubs have kind of generated out of here. Not generated. I wouldn't say that's what, but they've used the space before. Um, you've had some amazing musicians come through the space. Mel Rose, uh, Hope D. I think Psycho did the uh, did the Cube Effect program through here. So it's just one of those little nooks and crannies that doesn't get talked about much, but it's got some amazing um, programs and facilities that I kind of started using last year when when COVID hit, and I was like, I need a place to rehearse things. And I started using it as a rehearsal space and kind of found myself accidentally ending up in their enterprise program, which means they give me like a little bit of support with things. You know, they they kind of um, facilitate workshops for me to go to and professionally develop. I can I have the opportunity to run a lot more events and I have an opportunity to kind of make some monetary value from it. Um, and so this Youth Week, uh, which is a national thing, it's pretty much uh, it's usually in April. Um, it's from the first, it's from today, technically the second, um, until the 10th. And basically what it is, is it's Brisbane city, uh, is filled with events for young people to attend anyone under the age of 25. And I kind of identified this gap in filmmaking workshops. Uh, there's a lot of filmmaking workshops for like school groups, right? Like anybody in school can go to a film workshop. Um, and then the private ones are usually for kids under 12 or 15 mm. and they cost about, three hundred dollars a hundred and forty dollars usually per pe- i think it's 144 dollars per head usually i kind of came to but then there's some really expensive ones that are 300 dollars per head and i'm like who's paying that um and so i thought because every youth week event is free i was like it's a really great opportunity to host some free filmmaking workshops um for people to attend anybody under the age of 25 can attend um and basically it's frank menken and myself i'm so sorry he couldn't be here i'm gonna get a picture of him up um here he is he's with us in in spirit thanks frank um we're running these workshops as two filmmakers who want to pass on the craft to the young people of brisbane to make sure we're keeping a really lively filmmaking scene here in brisbane city um because my my hope is that you know more filmmaking comes back to australia so i don't have to live in the u.s for the rest of my life um so i would like for young people to be able to get in touch with that see if they like it have a space, have a safe space to do that, um, and then be able to use those skills outside of filmmaking too. A lot of these skills are transferable. You know, telling a story, teamwork, collaboration—it's all a really transferable skill. Um, and even just using a camera, I think there's going to be a point in your life where someone asks you to take a photo at their birthday, and if you know how to do that, that's just 
a really good skill to have. And so, yeah, they're on um, on the 7th and 8th of April. Um, it's a two-day thing, so you can come along for one, but it's best if you come along for both because on day one, we're teaching you everything cameras, everything story. And day two, we're teaching you, we're letting you cast actors and film your film. And then we're going to edit that film with you. So it's a full thing. Um, and yeah, that that's one of the the very exciting projects that I've got coming up. Uh, that's for Youth Week. And then Frank and I have got some other stuff we're working on that we can touch on later. But yeah. And if if people want to get involved and how do they sign up for it and how do they where do they go to, to be part of it? I think that the best place for you to go is What's on Brisbane. So yeah. if you go onto Google and you just type in What's on Brisbane, you'll see, or Brisbane Youth Week, you'll see that the Brisbane City Council has this website and has listed all these events that are happening throughout Youth Week. Yeah. And basically what you can do is you can just go 7th to the 8th and my workshop should show up at 10.30 a.m. Um, and it'll go to 5 p.m. Um, and and where you're hosting it? Is uh, that down in the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Valley in the, yeah. in the in the valley, the yeah. train station is right there, so you should definitely come. It's been really alive today. Last last year's Youth Week was kind of hindered because of COVID, um, and not a lot of people. It got moved online, funnily enough. So it was just a bunch of kids <laughs> recording stuff and, and uploading it online. Um, but this year's been good, and it's always nice to come out and connect with other young creatives of all different ages. I mean, I was talking with a kid today, Jin, who's like thirteen, and he made like uh, these really cool limited edition spongebob uh skateboards all of last year during covid i was like okay cool that's not my area but that is dope to think about and then i met three other people who just moved from south africa and they're not really into the arts but yeah yeah it was cool for them to to come over and and see that there is a lively art scene here um so yeah yeah. it's been it's been so cool um, meeting all these people that's one thing I suppose my wife teaches um, at a creative industries uh, school in in um, Kelvin Grove, and just oh, the yeah. talent of those kids. Like I go with her to some of the evenings that they put on, and it's just it's wild to think Sorry. that there's spaces for kids to express themselves like that, and and you know like nurture that creative spirit in them from young, because that's only going to produce good stuff further down the track. Mm, I I 100% agree. And, you know, it's something that I do like to see because I think that that was lacking a lot when I was going through school and when I was even going through university, we didn't have much. Um, It's only now that I'm going to like actual film school over at SAE that I that I find myself having these facilities and and programs. And I'm like, okay, well, this is new. (laughs) I don't I've never had this before. And I think that it is something to not to get too political, but Australia doesn't really treat artists well, as we know. Um, oof, oof. So yeah, poorly. I, I, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe like maybe from the inside it is, but from an outsider's perspective, oh, like, yeah. like this is this is wild compared to anything else I've experienced. But I mean, it's still I suppose there's always room for improvement. I just, oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I mean, yeah, in the sense of like we have these amazing artists and, oh, yeah. and you know citizens attend but uh there's not a lot of funding for these things oh, a lot yeah. of the time you know what i mean and yeah, so yeah. It, it's nice to see that there is still a little bit of that retained um which is nice i i do like it you know being able to go um to somewhere like visible ink that's there's 100 yeah. percent free to use and then being able to go to backdock and only paying 15 20 to go see a really well done theater performance by yeah. you know, someone who wrote that and produced that and made the props all themselves and then going to vent space which is out in albion and seeing somebody's book launch that's, that's they've worked on that for a whole year and then you know there's all these little things even coming across your page i was like really interesting because i like i i started the podcast 
and I didn't really think to look into to anybody else's podcast that much. Um, and being able to come across fellow creators that are doing the same thing within my city, I was like, oh, cool, friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and that's uh, Frank, Frank and I have always been buddies, but it's good to move outside that circle every now and then. So, yeah. Um, just to touch on that, I think, yes, in the political space, people don't receive that funding. So they're like, stuff it, I'm going to create. Mm. Myself. I'm going to build up a, you know, for Backdrop, they built that up. Vent space, Ju- uh, sorry, what's his name? Julian. Yeah, Julian. Julian. He built that space because he just wasn't getting that, uh, that funding. So it's yeah. about a lot of people just getting out there and doing it themselves for the people. Oh, 110%. And that's it. And because of that, we get so much more creativity in it. I was talking about this the other day with, I, I it could have been Frank, it could have been with someone else. My brain is now slipping. Um, but we were talking about restraints within creativity. Um, I like it more. It was at film school, actually. Yeah, it was when I was over at SAE. We like it more when there is a budget res- like restraint on us because we have to get creative, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody came up to me tomorrow, as a young young creative as a young director writer and they went hey man we're going to give you four million dollars to make this movie i think it would be so bad because i could just make it so easily with no creativity i could just pay for a fucking ton of special effects i could just pay for this person and that person whereas i think like any craft it'd be like it'd be like printing out just of like photo like it'd be like going printing it out instead of like painting it on a canvas i think in 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 comparison not to say that like digital art in that form is is not worth it um but in the sense of film i could do everything so much easier but it would make it easier to be lazy it'd Mm. make it easier for me not to put months of hard work if hard work and it'd make it so much easier for me to not rewrite the entire script because i could just be like oh well fuck it doesn't really matter if we have a terrible script we got fantastic actors and and fantastic cameras but I also don't like that because I see that's where Hollywood is going wrong too. Like you watch all these movies with like really fucking well-rounded actors and they're still terrible. And you're like, you know why? Because you had a $45 million budget from the first fucking day. Um, so you didn't really need to worry about all those elemental things going wrong. Mm. And you, know, you think back to Star Wars, like the first Star Wars didn't have a massive fuck off budget. It just had something nice and retainable and they had to work really hard on making that work. They had to work hard on the props. They had to work hard on rehearsals. And I like that aspect of filmmaking. I like the tedious work that goes into it. It gets toxic at times, 110%, like anybody's artwork. Like you'll, you'll fascinate and you'll, you'll obsess over certain aspects of a film. But at the end of the day, it comes out 10 times better than if I had you know, a massive budget. And to be fair, you're probably going to make like less money off of it, sure. But in the, like in the long run people are respected a lot more so you know that's where i think that whole mm, the struggle of creativity and i think that yeah people doing their own thing i know that abby and i always forget his name i feel terrible um uh back doc abby and alex alex yeah it's two a's that's why (laughs) two a's right abby and alex um they worked so hard on backdoc um you know abby was in here for like three days one time i saw her every single day working on like t-shirts and i was like damn like that's dedication like that's just on her own time alex is always hustling and he always has been because like he he was also in this space Mm -hmm. um in the start when they started school to stage and then they kind of moved out 
um, and did their own thing. And like, that is just like dedication. I've heard so many stories of Alex just like on his grind, like sleeping in here and, and doing all sorts of crazy stuff to just get the job done. And I think that we need that, especially in Australia, because it does make us very unique creators in, in that sense. I think this it also generates a space in Brisbane, and I think Brisbane's unique in the way that we support one. I say we, but you know, all creatives are supporting each other. Mm. You know, it's. I'm not saying that everyone goes to everyone's things, but it's generally the same group of people that are out supporting each other and getting involved in each other's projects and stuff. So, yeah, it's um, it, it's got that unique uh, culture that people are like very supportive of one another. I I 100% agree. And yeah, like I've noticed that too. And also I've noticed that it's a very friendly scene. I, I know that there's been some hiccups. I've heard of some hiccups in dramas, but to, to uh, the most extent, it's a very friendly scene. There's no unnecessary nasty competition. Everyone kind of seems to work together. Um, and Frank and I have had that from day one with our podcast because we, <laughs> they're very similar. Um, but we work together to kind of go like, oh, then we'll, do you want this guest? Yeah, sure. And then we'd like guest swap and we'd like communicate. And I think that that's what we do well as as Brisbane artists. Even with Ventspace, like communicating with them about things we want to do in their studio. And it just works. You know what I mean? And now I kind of um, want it to, to expand. I really want to do like a, a big networking event where all of us come, like all the three networks, because I have identified there's like four main networks. There's the art uh, people, like the visual art people that are all at like Griffith campus and they do a lot of like uh, exos at the at the powerhouse. And then there's the event space people who are just such a multi um, faceted group of people like they've got bands and you've got visual artists and digital artists and filmmakers and podcasters and musicians and fashion designers and then you've got the backdock people which that's just endless i mean they have they have everybody over at backdock that uses that space and then there's like the little fall away communities of like university musicians and and all of those and it'd be cool to get everybody in the same room one time so yeah if you guys are ever keen on doing that we should 100 percent do it um it, but yeah yeah no 100 percent. like it's a unique concept and it's it's funny how you have those mm, for lack of a better word those different factions of people mm. and i think our main aim was to we've seen that but we wanted to get our fingers into that and merge people together and that's yeah. why we try to have different artists from different mediums and different backgrounds coming in together because it's mixing those different niches and I think that was our whole concept. So, yeah, if you're doing something like that, we'd be keen to assist where we can. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it. I've been working on some producer sort of stuff in the background because I think it could really work um, in correlation to a few events that I'm doing. I'm, I'm thinking about just merging them all into one um, and making it like this massive collective of people can bring their stuff and, and it'll be it'll be cool. But um yeah i like that idea and i like that you guys have you you've successfully done it i I listened to a few episodes and i was like this is so cool like i saw that you had gabe on um and i was like oh my god i didn't even realize gabe went on another other shows i knew that he went on mine and and um franks and i was like holy this is great (laughs) i was like this man is like the podcast rune he's just been on everything (laughs) um but yeah i'm so sad to see him leave man like i'm gonna miss that man i couldn't even go last night i was like ah so sad but yeah i couldn't make it to your live show either 
I the weather that. was terrible. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I had, like, a lot of preparation to do for this Youth Week event. And also, I was, like, four weeks behind on university assignments. Don't tell anybody. None of my lecturers watch this. Um, but, you know, I had I had a lot to catch up on. But, yeah, how did it go, by the way? Just It went well. It went well. Um, you know, we obviously had to psych ourselves up for it. It was our first ever live event. So a lot of uh, learning, key learnings came out of that one. Hell yeah. Um, but a lot of people want us to do another one. So it might be in the works again. Do it. I know that, um, I hope that I'm not speaking out of turn. Frank, Frank can beat me up later, but I know that Frank is planning on doing another one as well at it, at event space again on a bigger capacity. I'm, I'm producing it. So if it goes wrong, come for my head. Um, so I, I am producing that one and then I am planning on not doing a podcast live show but I've got quite a few musician friends and I was thinking about putting on like a, a concert for them uh one group in particular Bad Posture the coolest boys out there um their new new single Syrup just came out which was nice um and just putting on a, a show for them surrounded with other um local artists and I'm thinking that afterwards the event is a networking event and that's what I was saying like I think it could work of bringing everyone together um so yeah i think some of our like the success of the evening was very much dependent on the guests that we had like we had some really talented people come through and chat like really good chats and really good performances so i think that's the key to like a live event is just getting the quality of guests being really good Uh, Mm. so yeah no yeah and that's that's what i noticed too because you guys had micah on also i was like damn you guys have got some talented artists on um, but yeah, I, I 100% agree. And that's what like kind of we're working towards is we've had some pretty cool guests on lately. I like finding the nitty gritty ones who are on the upcome, but are making some traction. I'm like, oh, look at that person. I think that they're going to make it here. And then I kind of bring them on. We chat. Um, I think the only thing that separates my show from Frank's is his is very structured. Um, whereas mine, as the name suggests, is quite chaotic as crambles, creative rambles, um, which it, it does get quite chaosy at times which is nice though i like it i mean we had front crash the podcast again the other day like it was it, i just don't have very strict rules around it um compared to like his podcast um his is very like structured and, and set in stone and it's nice because it's it's info whereas mine's kind of just like general chit chat i think that yep. yeah if, if it fit into anything it's general chit chat it's that also thing. nice to have something different and people can listen to to mm. everything you know if they're feeling a bit loose you know just look, have something in the background to listen to so that's yeah, it there's, yeah there's always space for everyone really well the the plan is in the next few episodes you'll see it turn more into a variety show than a podcast so that's where i'm going so far um you know i've got some cool little games and stuff that i'm putting on there's a spicy board that i'm working on that's kind of like a, a like a bunch of questions it's kind of like you remember those you used to go to like the supermarket and you'd like spin them and you could win a prize the pinwheels yeah one of those that i'm building and it's all like really mundane questions like who's your favorite artist and <laughs> and like some really spicy shit that i'm just really keen to see people answer <laughs> like if you had to da 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 this da 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 what would you do <laughs> like it's very intense but yeah that's why yeah i'm kind of kind of working I think that on would be really cool oh, i'd be keen to listen to that it's going to be fun because, like, it's going to just bring out some you know, shady info from people. I can't <laughs> see it. People are never going to look at me the same. Um, like, but bringing out some cards of humanity. Well, that's it. Like, they are kind of based on that. There's some really spicy stuff in there. There's some really mundane stuff in there. But, yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, 
uh, yeah, so we're working towards it. Other things that I'm working on um, as an artist, I've got a short film that should hopefully hopefully be coming out soon um, called The List, which is cool. It's about this young girl with cystic fibrosis um, and she kind of writes this massive list of things that she wants her partner, her spouse, to do after she passes away to keep him busy and to keep him entertained. Um, and it, I took inspiration because my grandfather did a very similar thing for my for my nan when he passed away because he had MS. And it was like, I don't even know what was on the list. I never got to read it, but I know it was long. And there was some like really like just organizational stuff like, oh, make sure you do this in the in the garden. And, you know, it would be good to do this for the house. And it was mixed in with some like really prophetical, like personal stuff of like, do this for yourself and go on this holiday and and make sure you that you're exploring these areas of your life that you never got to when we were together um and so it's kind of that like story of um i think that love gets stronger after someone passes away weirdly enough because there's this especially if they know they're going to pass away um there's this weird humanity about you know knowing that you're going to die and i think that you realize not so much what you've done wrong but all your flaws um and you kind of sometimes it can work for the good sometimes it can work for the bad and in this situation she kind of noticed that there was flaws in her relationship and that there was flaws in herself and she apologized for them and she also like called him out on his flaws and told him to improve and it's a really cool story there's just a few more things i gotta do i gotta record the rest of the um adr and edit it um and then it should be out and then frank and i are working on a documentary i can't say much but i i can say that it's relevant um in brisbane and the rest of australia and that it is a social justice piece that's that's probably all i can say um i can tell you guys later (laughs) recording um and then we are working on just yeah the live shows and and stuff like that and just cracking along at it so it's gonna be a good year and in amongst all of that you're still attending uni yeah yeah wow I've, i've don't have time <laughs> i run out of time quite frequently i've got quite a few safeguards in place um there's people there's people that call me out on my bullshit when they need me to um <laughs> like my my girlfriend does really well at it she she will often stop me and be like no too much um the amount of people that i have tell me not to take on more shit is incredible um so it's it is what it is but i i like it um it keeps me busy i think that i don't like sitting still at any time of the day if i can have multiple things going on at once that i can just jump from task to task it works really well for me um i also just think that not so much like uh working myself to death but but not having complete days where i've got nothing to do is always nice i have my work stuff i have my personal stuff and then i have my um recreational stuff like I, i can just go and write something or make a song and then I've got my personal stuff, which is like my short film and and all of that sort of stuff. And then I've got my work stuff, which is like everything from youth week to producing stuff to actually like getting films out there to make money. Um, that's kind of what I consider as work stuff. Um, Do you have and- a clear defined boundaries on that? Like if you're working, I don't know your it's- work stuff and it kind of meshes into your recreational. Do you have boundaries on that or? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't like if I'm making a song for like an EP or if I'm producing for somebody else. I would not then work on that in my time of like this. This is just my stuff. So the recreational stuff is basically anything that's just purely mine that probably won't be released. It's just for me. 
it's just something personal that I enjoy doing. Um, and then the rec- the uh, personal stuff is like, okay, I wrote this film that I want to make. I'm going to make it. I've got this podcast that I'm doing. I'm going to do it. And then my work shit is like, oh, Frank and I are producing a documentary or Frank and I are producing the podcast or this person wants me to film this event. So that's like what work stuff is or like I am running youth work. Anything that I'm getting like paid for is is work. Um, so it does like get a lot sometimes, but I, I tend to keep a good head around it. Um, I think that having a space like this, cause I have an office here, being able to not be at home all the time is nice because if I'm at home all the time, it comes, it becomes a problem of like, Oh, I can't be fucked. I'm just going to go lay in bed and, and grovel in my tears. Um, or it becomes a thing of like, I'm going to sleep in until one and then I'll do it. Or I'm going to sleep in until 10, which then eventually turns to two, which then eventually turns to four. And then I've got my sleep schedule all gone again. Um, so yeah, it's good. And I have a lot of people that keep me in check um, regularly, which is nice. I just had like, I had a four day like blow off. I think you would have seen on, on social media. I was like at the club four nights in a row um, because I was like, okay, well, it's time to release a little bit of this stress because april is just a hectic month it's kind of like youth week final assessment pieces short films got to be finished by the end of this month we've got the uh, documentary coming up on some interviews we've just got like lots of stuff and i'm like okay i need to blow off before april starts properly and so i did four days of like at the club every night spending time with my girl um it was nice it was really really nice um but now like i'm probably not going to go out to the club until (laughs) it's april I'm not gonna go do any party stuff until like April, June, July, August. <laughs> you gotta plan those. Yeah. Um, that's so it. when so the short film is gonna be finished at the end of the month, where can mm. we go and watch it? Are you gonna do a, a cinema? Or are you gonna show um, it at? Uh, uni? Gonna. I'm gonna finish it first, and then I'll. Just <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, I think that the plan is I'm going to do. It, it's been the plan since the beginning. I'm gonna do a premiere at Backdock potentially. Um, if not Backdock, I am working on. This is a great segue. I'm working on a short film festival. Uh, was a was called Biff. It's not called that anymore. I can't even tell you what it's called because we don't know yet. Uh, you should throw some suggestions out there. Because Biff is uh, Brisbane Youth Film Festival, but, but Biff is also Brisbane International Film Festival, which we cannot do because uh, cease and desist orders will be coming our way. Um, but I'm working with this guy called Steph Arjda, and he was he's from Article One Film. Um, he does a lot of stuff in Brisbane and abroad. Um, you know Steph? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he was a part of West End Film Festival for a very long time, and I'm working with him on it. And I think that I'm going to try and do it in November. And I think that if I can have my film finished by then, I probably won't put it on in the festival, but I'd probably like put it out around that time um, at the same venue as a test to see if that venue is going to be good for a film festival. So that's my plan at the moment um, is kind of use my film as the test dummy for the film festival. And then if the venue's good with my film, I will use it for the film festival. Um, so it just depends on on when I'm finished it, and and if I you know decide to even release it, I'm quite notorious about that. I've got two short films that I finished, and I just decided not to release them. Um, so it just it just depends, but I probably will be forced to release this one. So I'll do what I need to do. Um, but yeah, I think that Backdock it's probably going to be Backdock. Um, I like that whole place. It's super cool, and I want to do something personal and and nice. Like I want to have 
a food truck that like it's not so much you have to go up and buy food i've already paid for it you get served food um so it'll be like premium type stuff um so yeah I've, i just want i've got to plan it a lot i've got a girl chloe who plans all that stuff for me so she will probably come up with some better ideas than me um that which all good. sounds fantastic i love that we're seeing more of the film industry coming out a little bit more Oh, it's so good. I like it. There's so many cool kids in, in Brisbane that make films and I just really want to like showcase that. And that's the whole point of uh, the film festival. It's basically youth, it's youth exclusive also. It's under 25 and it's more aimed at like emerging filmmakers, people who are like starting off, not so much low budget, like you can have a budget, but it has to be under $30,000. And I want to see that you've been creative with it. Like you stole your mom's fucking BMW. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> <stole your> <laughs> bmw to get a few shots or like you know you like literally broke it <laughs> again don't do this um this is illegal like don't do this uh broken entered to like actually shoot a scene and like you know you fucking didn't get a permit good on you permits are ridiculous um so you know just like really emerging people that didn't have like the proper channels and it's a way to like not like encourage that but like channel those people in and being like okay well thank you for submitting your film. This is the award ceremony. If you win, we're really keen to mentor you and give you the advice on like how to actually do this. And so having a stand at the festival where it's like, this is the process of getting a permit in Brisbane city, which is quite easy. Literally you just need like public liability insurance of uh, 20 million. So it's like $45 a month. If you've got that, you put a submission in, you get approval. Um, and then kind of like, ethical filmmaking too you know teaching people just these little unspoken rules that seem to be talked about a little bit more now like if you're doing anything um that focuses on a social topic or a, a, a cultural topic that you're not a part of consult with people about it don't just make it um because we've seen how that works in the past um and also just like little tiny things like if you're going to like do a film about like someone who's transsexual cast a transsexual actor if you're going to do someone that's something that's about someone who's you know uh gay or lesbian do something that uh, do, cast someone who actually reflects that and stay away from the stereotypes and the cliches and and all of that jazz because it's just not nice for culture um and then also how can we inspire the next generation of filmmakers to actually create how can we bring back good films how can we you know, um, re reignite a good cultural surrounding about these sort of things. How are we going to teach people who are watching these films how to operate with society? So that's all of the things. Because, like, as we all know, media shapes us. You know what I mean? If we're watching our favorite TV show and they're doing things that, like, are morally and ethically incorrect, not necessarily going to go do them, but, you know, it kind of makes it acceptable. So it's it's an interesting balance as a filmmaker to try and figure out, but also just you know bringing a film culture here in Brisbane around and having this place because there is a lot of film festivals. There's a few good ones, there's a few bad ones, um, but bringing one that's youth exclusive that we can kind of like keep everybody there and grow this culture of like I don't want to run it every year. I want to I want to run it for the first five years, and then I want to pass it on to the legacies, the people who want it in year one, the people who want it too, and I want them to run it. And so it's one of those things where it's like we're growing something for Brisbane to have forever. It'll just become one of those things. Um, and it's got to stay out of the government's hands. That's my, that's my one stand. Screen Absolutely. Queensland, back the fuck off. 
You watch this. I'll go for like funding in like two years and they'll reject me because of that one specific thing. Absolutely not. It's fine. It's fine. We'll bleep it out. It's fine. (laughs) It wouldn't be the first time. I don't know if you've seen my my previous podcast uh, appearances, but I once taunted the AFP, the Australian Federal Police, saying that I had pills in my top drawer, just purely shits and gigs. But yeah, they saw my story when I reposted it and I was really scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's stop that. I'm still waiting for my citizenship. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't accept what you're saying now. <laughs> I, I don't agree with it. <laughs> Please give him his citizenship. He said what he said. <laughs> Please give him his citizenship. Come, come take me. Come take me. <laughs> society. Um, find me my address <laughs> i'm joking um but yeah no it's it's gonna be good i think that my goal here in brisbane before i leave inevitably because i do have plans on on leaving um not sure when yet but it's probably gonna be in like the next three four years um is to grow a, a cultural scene that maybe one day when i come back from doing whatever i need to do in in the states or going wherever i go i don't really even know where that's gonna be yet but growing something that i can come back to see has grown is going to be cool It'd be like, you know, I don't know if you've ever had like the experience of like planting a tree, but like you plant this like little sapling and you're like, okay, little dude, <laughs> have fun. See you in five years. And then you come back and it's like a full tree and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> what the fuck? Good to see you, dude. You're now taller than me. Um, it's like that. Or it's like having a dog, you know, I, I had a puppy um, and then I like kind of left and I was like, oh dude see ya and then like every time you come back that dog's grown it's gotten cooler and better hopefully otherwise it's god bless you (laughs) that's beautiful it's like almost building a legacy but not attaching the ego to that legacy yeah that's it i don't want to be attached to that that legacy i just want it to be something that i can come back you know i want to be like 89 years old and i'm just like on that cusp of like retiring jokes i'm not retiring until retiring at 89 my gosh oh i'm not retiring at all (laughs) all mates putting in work i'm not not retiring at all you'll see me at 95 accepting my 76 annual oscar slapping (laughs) slapping chris rock's son and taking the (laughs) frunk will be in like best documentary and i'll just get the shit out of him done yeah, I still remember when you had the same podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, being able to like be 89 and I've washed out and nobody knows my name anymore. Like I'm just a nobody if I ever become anybody in the first place. But like being able to go, huh, look at that. Be the Sean Connery where you just end up on like a private villa. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> right? like, to to be honest, I've talked, I've talked about this a lot and I think that I'm kind of ruining the idea, but I think that I'll still pull it off and it'll be even more impressive. The second that I make it, the second that like anything of mine gets like critical acclaim and it's like doing really well and everybody wants to talk to me, I'm disappearing. <laughs> you will not see me. And the only thing you'll ever see is me post tiny little tiles to my Instagram of multiple different colors and really cryptic bios of like, skiddy bop 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 and people will be like does this mean that he's going into rap um so you know it's just really cryptic stuff like that that i'll probably end up posting and then every five years i'll release a film that like i shadow directed i go on set disguised as like bradley cooper <laughs> hello everybody uh, <laughs> definitely not sam rings um but yeah i think that it's it's a good way to keep my ego in tame um because i have i have a character I have a character on the podcast um, that if you ever watched the the things and he's quite an egotistical cunt, um, but that's the whole play on it is he, he's this uh, representation of what I don't want to be in life. That and so it, 
it's the alter ego. Um, I have a, I have a secret alter ego that I'm keen if people Doesn't find it. Doesn't everybody? I feel like everybody has an alter ego. I just yeah. show mine on social media half the time. Yeah, I was about to say I've I've met uh, your your alter ego a few times on them stories. Yeah, it's, <laughs> at one point I was like, you know what? I'll just feed into my alter ego now. It is it's what good. It is. It's kind of an art. It's an art project of its own. Like I, because I do like I put a lot of energy into my Cranbles character, and then also there's another character <laughs> that's kind of hidden away, um, on social media that I think I'm in like. Oh, let me have a look. I think I'm in like. 10 20 people follow it at the moment because i kind of kept it a secret <laughs> you made it on instagram page <laughs> i did i made it i made an instagram page for the handle is literally the best artist alive <laughs> that's the handle and then the, the name of it is i am the goat and pronoun is it you will never be better than me um and it's literally just the dumbest stuff i'll show one just me chewing gum <laughs> but you know someone is like at the next freeze festival being like this is art i love yeah, it very much with safety like goals on in the office <laughs> like dude that's a lot that's that's a lot that's about me doesn't care about you I say God loves me. God cares about me. He doesn't love you. <laughs> Just really and the, the, lad, the lad chewing gets yeah. me. Oh, Lord. Yeah, there's, there's a few things on here. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it was. Like, I, I made a full alter ego. I did that purely because my um, girlfriend said that she hated people chewing gum. And then I found out it was the wrong gum. She just doesn't like gum balls. And I was like, okay, fool. I put so much energy into this for nothing. Um, but that's fine. I, I'm not hurt. But yeah. I feel no, like all yeah. these little experiences are going to end up in your next feature films that you're going to create along the line. You just oh, obnoxiously, this one character just chewing gum. <laughs> oh, probably. I've got some obnoxious characters in there already that I've taken from real life. Like I've got a feature film that I'm writing and it's slowly coming along. It's not, def it's definitely not the space for an obnoxious chewer, but like I take things around me, um, people that I meet, uh, things that I've seen and I kind of like spin them into ideas. I was talking about this to, uh, Madison Beasley the other day when we had Frank's uh, live show because she said like how do you come up with ideas and I was like literally the randomest shit I was walking to um the Salisbury train station one morning because I live out that way um and I was like just walking along and I was listening to music and I noticed this old guy had like maybe two pamphlets in his hand and he gets out of his car with these like two pamphlets and he just keeps walking from house to house and he'll stop and he'll look at the house and it's like he's making a judgment judgment on the house, and just depending on what that judgment is, depends on whether he puts a pamphlet or not in their mailbox. I was like, that's fucking weird. That's some culty shit. And he keeps going, and he does it, and he does it, and then he hands the he puts the last one in the mailbox. He like stands there for a solid thirty seconds looking at this house, and then puts it in the pamphlet. And he notices me watching him. He's crying. <laughs> I'm like, what? But like, not like crying, crying. Like, uh, like just, just no, just a tear. And he like wipes a tear away and he looks at me and he quickly scurries back into his car and drives off. And it's like this like really fancy car. So we obviously had like money. I was like, what the fuck could you be doing? And like, I didn't go and have a look. I'm not one to have a look. 
because I think that the mystery of it is what's going to propel my creation. And I was right because I got on the train and my brain just went a million miles an hour. I was like, dude, he might be a cult leader. What if he's, what if that's his suicide note? Like, what if it's this? What if it's that? And I was like, fucking just writing them all down. Simple. It's just a hundred percent a love letter and you just don't know what you asked was the right house, bro. Come on. Of course that's what Every... it was. And he was crying because he was saying goodbye to whoever he loved. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Every single house. It was his list. You know what it was? It was his list of kinks. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to let my neighbors know. <laughs> if you hear weird noises, yeah, yes, so what's happening? Hear someone yell "daddy" in a loud whip noise. This is what it is. <laughs> How did we get to this point? How did, how did we... That's what I'm saying. It just happens. It crambles. It. I, Creative I, I, rambles. That's it. Just happens. I, I, I have a sick mind. Um, but yeah, no, I, I come up with ideas in the weirdest ways. Other times, it'll literally just be on the bus. Like I'll just be sitting there with like brain numbingly boring music in and i'll just come up with an idea yeah it's it's odd frank i think said his is in the shower which is quite cliche um my, yeah you know, boo. Boo. boo boo come on, on by the <laughs> way that was a joke. i'm just shitting on frank now i really <laughs> like to shit on frank in, in public forums because <laughs> fuck that guy <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's good i think that brisbane has a nice safe space for creators yeah exactly and it's growing and we can only see the best coming out which we hope that's what we want that's what we really want so i like it well thank you so much for making time this afternoon bro we've really appreciated and enjoyed the chat and um yeah we look forward to seeing what what comes out and from your endeavors your your multi-talented endeavors so we'll definitely keep you keep you in the loop and follow you and share your stuff so yeah thanks for sharing your time yeah so can can you catch up another time too also so yeah yeah for sure we definitely need to discuss the 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 ideas and we yeah keen to get involved yeah yeah i like that idea so 7th to the 8th of april is the filmmaking workshop correct visible ink valley come along i need some friends i'd like to see you all there um, if you're on the other side of your screen right now thinking, damn, I'm beautiful, I could make a film, definitely come along. Um, you know, it's a safe space and it's going to be cool because I think that it's like one of those things where it, we're trying it, it's new and we're trying to do it at a capacity that I think is fucking insane, but I believe that we can do it. So come along, um, be a keen learner and you'll have a lot of fun. Sick. I love it. Okay. Thank you again, Sam. And um, go also follow his Instagram and Cramble's podcast at the same time. Peace. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye.